The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Before we jump into today's topic, allow me to take just a moment to thank today's show sponsor, which is Organifi. You guys know how I feel about Organifi. It is my go-to. In fact, this is so refreshing. I have a glass of ice, fresh water mixed with pure and immunity. It's got just enough citrus. That's two of their products mixed together. I don't know if everybody likes the taste of that. I do. I love it. It's like an orange flavor. The immunity kind of tastes like orange. And then the pure has a lemony taste. And I mix two of them together. And that way I get everything I need for my immunity, my antiviral, my antifungal. It's just a great way to support your immune system every single day. And then I mix that with my Organifi Pure, which is, it's basically all the superfoods that your brain needs to help reach maximum mental performance. In other words, it's what I drink to help me think better, to help my memory, to increase neurogenesis. And get this, this is the other reason why I drink it. Their product is clinically proven to boost BDNF brain-derived neurotropic factor by up to 142%. Anyways, they've got tons of great products. Whatever your nutritional needs might be lacking or your palate might be craving, Organifi is definitely the company to check out. All right, guys, the cool news, you get 20% off all of their products when you use code Chalene. Again, it's Organifi, and I'm gonna spell it O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shaleen. That's Organifi.com forward slash Shaleen and you get 20% off. What's up? What's going on? Hey, super pumped you're here. Excited. Grateful. Very grateful you're spending some time with me. I am recording this from the spare bedroom upstairs in my parents' home. And I thought this was an appropriate title given that I posted a video today about being home with my family And just some of the feedback that I received in social media, it helped me to understand that for so many people, it's just a reminder that for so many people, the holidays isn't such a joyful time. It's a stressful time. And it's not about stressing over presents or baking the perfect dinner. For many, it's how they deal with toxic family members. So today, that's what we're talking about here on The Shaleen Show. We've all heard that phrase before that blood is thicker than water or family first. But, you know, blood isn't necessarily thicker than water. And for a lot of people, family is a source of pain or maybe certain family members or it's stressful. It can make you unhappy, can make you feel, I don't know, less about yourself. And it can be really difficult when the holidays approach because, you know, some of the people that you are normally hanging out with, people that you are, are your chosen family, right? Your friends and your family members that maybe aren't related by blood. A lot of them may be traveling home to be with their quote unquote blood family, which then can leave you feeling like, well, gosh, why didn't things work out for me that way? Why is my family 
not together? Why is it I don't have the same warm, fuzzy feelings when I think about spending time with my mom and dad or my brother and sister or aunts and uncles? And that made me, well, first it makes me sad because I hate thinking about people feeling lonely ever. I mean, that's an emotion that's that's tough, you know, to feel lonely even when you're surrounded by people is that's a tough emotion to experience, but it's something I think all of us have felt from time to time. And I think it's, well, we know it is far more likely, it's far more common for people to feel lonely during the holidays. But for those of you who, maybe not by choice, you have to spend time with unhealthy or triggering family members, I wanted to record this episode for you. Now, you know, I try to avoid using the word toxic, even though I put it in the title. And I put it in the title because I think everybody knows what that means. But I don't know. I've never really been a big fan of the word toxic because I think it's a negative title that we give people and it makes it sound like they're bad or they're poisonous. But sometimes people are just, they're not good for us. And that doesn't mean that they're a poisonous person. Or they're a harmful person, or they're, quote, a toxic person. Because even things that are good can be, quote, unquote, toxic, right? Like, you can die from drinking too much water. You can also die if you don't drink enough water. So there's a toxic amount. And maybe the same can be true for family members. So I wanted to start there. My first tip, if you have to spend time with family, is to know that you get to establish how much time you spend with them. But you have to know full well that it might not be enough for them. You might say, you know what, we're going to stop in. We're going to drop off a gift. We're going to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, but we're not staying for Christmas dinner or we're not staying for whatever the service we're going to go to. We're not staying overnight. We're not staying the weekend. We're not, you know, whatever it is, you decide on the amount that you can tolerate And you make up a reason why you can't stay longer. No one needs to know the truth. You can be vague. I don't think it serves you to say, well, you know what? It's actually very stressful to be around you. People aren't going to change. They just aren't. I mean, not because you've made mention of something that drives you crazy. All that you're going to do is create more tension and friction and problems with someone who, especially over the holidays, it's just, they're not going to change. Not now anyways, and not with a, a single comment. So my suggestion is be prepared that it's not going to be enough for them, but at least you did it. And it's the right amount for you. Think about that analogy with water. For some people, there is an amount you can drink too much water and actually die from water poisoning. You sure can. And you can not have enough and not feel well, right? So I think it's okay for you to have a conversation with yourself or if you've got other family members that understand, like let's say, for example, you and your husband are not looking forward to spending time with your sister-in-law and her husband and kids, et cetera, or whatever. Then the two of you, if you both feel that way, just reach an agreement on what is the right amount that's not gonna be poisonous for us. It makes us feel like, okay, we saw family, it's enough. And then just be good with it and give them a phony reason if you want. But also know it probably isn't going to be good enough for them. And that's okay. Who cares? My number two tip is there are certain family members, certain people in general 
who it will never be enough. It'll never be good enough. And these are often the people who are never going to be satisfied with themselves. So you have to understand it's truly not a reflection of you. Whenever you're in a relationship with family or otherwise, and you feel like, geez, I just can never do enough. I just, they keep score. No matter what I do, they find fault in it. No matter how hard I try, they find a reason not to be satisfied, a reason to nitpick, a reason to complain, etc. You have to know. You just have to like almost laugh about it and say, you have to remember, this is not about us. This is not about me. It's about them. And that's going to hopefully make you feel a little better about the situation because, you know, there's nothing you can do. So you shouldn't be hard on yourself. All that does is make you more like that person. They're hard enough on themselves. They're just directing it at you because that, for whatever reason, is a little more painful. Here's my next tip. Oh, P.S. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm recording this right now from my iPhone because I traveled back here to Michigan. I brought my microphone. It's sitting here next to me, but I forgot to bring my laptop. So I was like, oh, well, I know this stuff. I know this stuff off the top of my head, but I don't have my computer with me where I normally record in a program called Audacity. Anyways, moving on to my next tip. My next tip is this. Have a sense of humor. Like you can go into any situation, especially if you have a buddy, right? Or especially if you tell yourself like, I'm just going to see this as a rom-com or I'm going to see this as my own comedy movie and I'm going to laugh about things. I'm not going to take things personal. You know, one of the things that Brett and I will do, like when we see certain family members, we will joke and we'll say, okay, I bet this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And you know, she's going to serve this and you know, he's going to say this and you know, so-and-so is going to sit in the other room and you know that this person isn't going to show up or they're going to show up late and they're going to leave early. You know, so we kind of like make those predictions ahead of time and, you know, we're never disappointed. If anything, we're like, oh, well, that was kind of a nice surprise because they didn't do what we anticipated. But you know, if you can't laugh about it, then you're going to cry about it. And that doesn't seem like a good idea. So just relax. You know, have a stiff drink if you need to. Eat a THC gummy if you need to. Whatever floats your boat. But just relax. Have a good sense of humor about it. Because there is comedy in all of it. Like everybody's family has this going on. You are so normal. That's my next tip is to understand this. Don't beat yourself up because your family's not perfect. No one else is is either. There's tension and weirdness. I don't care what it looks like on Instagram. I don't care what type of photos people have posted or what they're writing under their captions in social media. The fact of the matter is everybody you know on the planet has dysfunction in their family. Period. End of subject. Everybody does. Everyone has this weird, strained relationships. Everyone has you know, relationships that go through highs and lows. In some years, it's great. In some years, like everyone's getting along and the holidays were perfect. In other years, they're a complete mess. This is the first year for Thanksgiving. I wasn't with family. I mean, my blood family anyways. I was with my husband and my daughter. But, you know, other than that, normally I'm with my parents and my siblings and cousins and grandparents. And, you know, we didn't have that this year. And I'm kind of glad because it gave me an opportunity to know what that felt like and to have empathy for people who it's kind of always that way. And 
you know, I talked about it after Thanksgiving and, and said how, how relaxing it was and chill. And if you think about it too hard, you can really get yourself worked up and start to feel sorry for yourself and get into this dark place. It is what you decide it is. If instead you know that it's just a day, it's just a day on a calendar. And if you didn't have your calendar, you wouldn't know what day it was. Sometimes we make too big of a deal over dates. Dates aren't significant. Feelings are significant. How we feel is what matters. And so I think it's really important that we don't get wrapped up in those dates. And also to remember that, you know, this is pretty normal. And there are going to be years where things don't go smoothly. And then if you want things to go differently the following year, make some plans in advance. But here's my next tip. Lower your expectations when it comes to family. Just lower them. You know, I heard from a uh, someone in my audience recently, and they, they were kind of like asking advice, which, by the way, I think I like the idea of answering advice questions that I get as part of the Patreon tiers. So anyways, we'll talk about that in another episode. But this person said to me, how do I handle it? It seems like you and your siblings are really close and spend time together when you can. My children aren't close and I can't get them to spend time together. And my advice to this person was, it's not a reflection of who you were or are as a parent. It's not even a reflection necessarily of how well those kids get along. You just don't know all of the particulars. So I have a friend of mine, an acquaintance, I should say, who was really very, very close with her sister. And then her sister married a man who was, frankly, very controlling and tough to be around. And I think it was hard for her younger sister to be married to him. Like, you know the kind of guy, the guy who it's his way or the highway. And I feel like the wife just took on this role, because I kind of know her too, took on this role of like being the peacekeeper. And they had children together. And eventually the two sisters grew apart and they never did things together anymore. And I mean, these were two sisters who were best friends. I don't believe that the sisters were the problem. I think I want to give credit to the younger sister who, or empathy, I should say, I don't know if it's credit per se, but definitely empathy. I, I can empathize with the fact that she was trying to keep her marriage intact, trying to take care of her nucleus family. Is that what it's called? Your nuclear? Nucleus? I don't know. Her husband and her children. You know, and I think I understand that that is a priority for people. And I, I get it. That would be my priority too. And if she knows that her husband doesn't want to be around other people and He's the one that's kind of isolating them. Of course, if there's abuse, that's something different. This, To my knowledge, there wasn't. But I just think he's just kind of a weird, controlling kind of guy. And it did affect the sisters. But I always said to her, I think your sister is trying to do her best for her children and her family and keep things together and keep things calm. And he's a difficult kind of guy. Don't take it personal. Continue to reach out. Continue to be there for her. Lower your expectations. Don't make it about you. Don't make it personal. It is okay to grieve what that relationship once was. And also know maybe at a later stage in your lives, things could change. And as a matter of fact, that controlling husband passed away just this year and the sisters have begun to rekindle. 
Now, I think a more selfish older sister would hold that against her younger sister and be like, oh, now you need me. But she didn't. She responded as she needed to, you know, like, and I think that's the loving, caring thing to do. I don't know if you're a Christian, but I am. And I just really ask myself sometimes, like, what would Jesus do? I know that was a bracelet, but like, literally, what is the Christian thing to do? And it's to be forgiving and loving and understanding and to be there. But that does sometimes mean we have to lower our expectations because then you won't be disappointed. I also think it's important for you to decide in advance your rules. Now, you don't always have to express them to people. You know, sometimes these things are called boundaries. But some of the psych speak, I don't know, can drive me crazy. But, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I recommend that everyone have one. And if you don't know what type of boundaries or, you know, rules to set up for yourself, you should probably talk to a therapist about what that could look like. Because that's a great person, a great professional to help you establish those things. But here's another way. If you aren't, don't have time to meet with a therapist, you're going to be seeing family this weekend or in two weeks or whatever. Here's some things. Put it down on paper too. Don't think about it. I repeat, do not think about it. Put this down on paper. Because when you think about it, your mind can just kind of go wild and then you don't write anything down and then there are no rules and therefore there are no boundaries and it just turns into a hot holiday mess. So do this instead. Sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and write down the things that are, they're just intolerable. You can't handle it when it happens and you're not going to put up with it. So let's say, for example, when you have dinner or when you have everyone over to your house for Christmas, let's say, or whatever, holiday dinner, and you've got this one family member who just drinks too much and gets loud and belligerent and you just cannot tolerate it. All right, well then establish a rule that there isn't going to be any more than two drinks, or you're not going to have alcohol at your, it's your home. You can make that decision and you can tell family members. And if they ask why, just say, that's just what I wanted to do this year. Now, if people have a problem with it, that that's their problem. You have established the rules in advance. If however, you've decided I don't like it, but I can tolerate it. And if it starts to happen at my holiday party or my holiday dinner, whatever, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to excuse myself and go upstairs into my room and listen to on my headphones, some older episodes of the Shaleen show. Like you can give yourself a rule like, okay, when it's so-and-so starts to get loud, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. And you can tell people that, or you can choose to keep it to yourself. I don't know the particular, so I can't tell you whether it makes more sense to let people know the expectations in advance, but most, I'm trying to think of scenarios right now. I can think of most scenarios. It probably isn't going to be helpful. People are just going to be like, well, then we're not going to come. Then we won't be there. All right, fine. You know, and if you're okay with that, then go ahead and tell them in advance. My point is this, you have to know what you can and can't tolerate. So for example, Will it bother me if so-and-so makes rude comments at dinner? Mm, I can tolerate it. I'm just going to laugh about it. I know it's going to happen. I'm just going to laugh about it. It's not going to kill me. Is it going to annoy me? Probably. But is it going to stress me out and worry? No, because I I already know it's going to happen, right? Or so-and-so is going to show up late. Or this person isn't going to be sociable or talk or ask anyone any questions, or this person is going to nitpick people's weight, or this person is going to only talk about themselves. You know, I just will ask myself, can I tolerate it? And for me, like, I can. Like, I I can tolerate a lot 
because I'm confident and secure in who I am. And so it's just, that's just who they are. And everyone's family has crazy and everyone's family has narcissists and everyone's family has addicts and everyone's family has, you know, listen, none of us are perfect. The question is, what do you want to subject yourself to? How much can you tolerate? What are those policies you need to put in place for yourself so that you can enjoy your holidays? Recently, I partnered with Soul CBD. I fell in love with the company when I started researching CBD products, and then they've helped me to develop a sleep gummy that has like been a true game changer. It was really fascinating to go through that process of formulation and testing and trying to figure out the right amount of melatonin and CBD and mixing those two things. And then how do you get the right taste profile without putting in additives and preservatives and other ingredients that make things taste good, but then it takes away the fact that it's a natural ingredient? How do we find the right mixture of what other ingredients could we add to it, like cannabinol, to help really increase the amount of REM sleep and deep sleep that people are able to have by taking one of these gummies. Now, I'm a big fan of gummies because unlike a capsule, like a capsule, you just have to take a whole capsule. And if one capsule isn't enough, then you have to take two capsules and maybe that's too much. But with a gummy, you can really customize and microdose the amount that's perfect for you because you can just bite off a little extra. So you can take one gummy and then bite off a little quarter of another one. By the way, you can check out your new nighttime bestie, the sleepy gummy, by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. When you enter the code Shaleen, you're going to get 15% off and a lot of R&D went into the development of this product. It tastes delicious, but really, truthfully, more importantly, it works. My next tip has a little trigger warning. I just want to tell you that. So you want to skip this one. If you were maybe the victim of abuse as a child, you want to skip this one. All right, so skip ahead like two minutes. But my next tip is don't go. You know, sometimes we tell ourselves we have to do something because it's family. Or I have to do this because if I don't, it'll break my mom's heart. Well, listen, in the end, you get to do what is right for you. So if there's a particular family member, let's just say, for example, you have an uncle who molested you as a child, and maybe no one knows, or maybe some people do know, and it is incredibly triggering. I mean, you do not have to go to that. You do not have to go to that. Self-care is a lot more than just getting like manicures and taking care of yourself and going on a walk and listening to podcasts. Self-care means you're going to protect yourself from predators. So if there's somebody who is poisonous to you, someone who has abused you like verbally, emotionally, physically, you don't have to be around those people. You don't have to subject yourself to that. Blood is not thicker than water. It does not apply to family members who have abused you, whether anyone else knows it or not. And you don't have to explain yourself. Or you can. That is up to you. But it's up to you also to make sure that you feel safe and you feel protected. My last tip is this. If you don't have family... So I'm going to give you a couple different ones on this one. When I say family, blood family. Or you do have blood family, but you're like, I can't go see them. I can't spend time with them. It's really unhealthy. Then you shouldn't. 
right? Maybe you're not married or maybe you don't have children or maybe you have, you know, like I said, family that is just really unhealthy and just it's depressing. It's upsetting and it's stressful when you're around them. Don't subject yourself to it again this year. You have other people around you who are your chosen family, the people you network with. Maybe it's your church family. Maybe it's some neighbors you've grown close to over the years or a best friend. And maybe they're not available, right? Like sometimes that does happen. Make plans with them before or after the holidays. You know, the actual day, the days are less important. And I know you're going to feel that nostalgia, but I promise you, if you keep yourself busy and you do other things and you remind yourself how blessed you are and how many people you have in your life who do love you and you count your lucky stars that you aren't surrounded by people who are poisonous and could hurt you and you actually acknowledge the fact that you've made these kinds of strides, you now are looking out for yourself. You're caring for yourself the way maybe somebody else or parents weren't able to when you were a child. But now it's 100% your responsibility. It is not your fault, nor was it your responsibility to make things right when you were a child, but it is 100% your responsibility today to protect you. And if you don't have family that's not blood-related, meaning you have family that is family by choice. If, if you don't feel like you have people who are family by choice, please know that that too is a choice that you've made. And I'm going to suggest that you get yourself into therapy to help you break down some of those walls, those walls that were really necessary to protect you. The reason why you haven't let people in, the reason why you think people leave you is because that is a belief. The reason why you think people will abandon you and hurt you is because you formed that belief, maybe rightly so, as a child, but it was a false belief. Maybe it was a true belief as a child, but today it's a choice. And whether you realize it or not, I haven't met one person yet who lacks that, who's missing those type of connections, because I know plenty of people are missing those kind of connections. And the reason why they're missing those type of relationships is because they have not allowed people in because they will sabotage relationships and say, well, I knew you were going to do this. They will look for reasons to separate themselves. They will look for reasons to say, aha, I knew it. I knew this person didn't care about me the way I thought they did. I knew this person was only after this. I knew this person wouldn't be there for me. I knew they wouldn't show up. I knew they would be this way or that way. And so you're looking for it. And whatever we look for, we're going to find. So if that's your belief, I promise you, please hear me right now. You've been looking for this. And if you look for it, you'll find it. And that will continue to support the belief that you hold that people can't be trusted, that people are going to hurt you, that people are going to abandon you, that people are going to leave you, that people are going to judge you. Whatever that is, that is a choice you've made. The only thing you can do to make things different, I know you're thinking right now, not for me. No, I've just been really unlucky. I've been looking out for me and it's not me that, that's making this happen. It's other people. Well, you're wrong. It is very much a two-way street and it is so strongly embedded in our beliefs. You don't need a lot of people. 
that you call family. You, you just need a few really special people to call family, but they deserve your grace. They deserve understanding and empathy. They deserve patience. They deserve for you not to write them off or to look for problems. They deserve to have like times where they, they don't show up the way you need them to, but for you to understand that they're trying their best. If they love you, just understand that there is no perfect relationship. And I'm going to encourage you to get into therapy or go back to therapy if you're saying, well, I've already done therapy. Well, there's some belief in there that you haven't untangled that is preventing you from having the deep connected family, maybe non-blood related family that you deserve. You know, and this is especially true for those of you who are maybe single or don't have children, or maybe you have children and they're estranged, or you have family, blood family that's estranged. It is so important that you establish, let people in, let people help you, let people be vulnerable so that you can be vulnerable with them. But remember, you know, when it is a two-way street, so if you're not reaching out to other people, you can't expect them to reach out to you. This is, it's just a season. It's the holiday season and you're going to get through it. Keep yourself busy. My final tip, did I say my last one was my final tip? If I did, I apologize. I lied. My final tip is this. When you feel depression and sadness creeping in, which so many people do over the holidays, the easiest way to fix it is by doing for others. We're going to record an episode to help you understand or like to detail like the thing that we do as a family where we we write out a letter to strangers. And we put cash in our envelopes. We do 10 envelopes each. And then we we walk around like busy shopping centers or just wherever. And we hand people these letters. And the writing of these letters is so, I just don't know how to describe it. I want to say like emotional, but it's a happy thing. It is such a joyous, amazing gift to give yourself is to do something nice for a stranger. So when we hand these envelopes to people, they have no idea what is in the envelope. They don't know if it's cash or just a letter, right? But whenever we hand them to people, they, they'll cry or they'll be like, oh, thank you so much. And it's just the best feeling in the world. It feels a little weird, but it feels so good. Do something like that. Like just writing out those letters takes a long time. I don't know. It does for me anyways. I write them in my own handwriting and I will think to myself in advance, I'll go like, I'm not going to detail it because I'm going to do a podcast for you guys to detail what goes into the, we call it the 10 envelopes. And I'll record that one so you guys can listen to it on Wednesday. But, you know, it just feels so good to do something for other people. On Christmas day, if you know you're going to be alone right now, I want you to volunteer at a homeless shelter or at a food bank, volunteer to do something where you're seeing other people and you're experiencing pure love and gratitude and joy. You deserve that. And if you decide to stay home and stay in your pajamas and watch a bunch of movies, I give you permission to do that too if you know you're going to be happy or it's not going to make you more sad. Because if you know, if I do X, Y, and Z and I know it's going to make me super sad, then that's a choice. And there's nothing that can lift depression and sadness the way doing something for others and just being busy does. So I encourage you to do that. I hope this is helpful. I want you to know I feel like so many of you are family 
It means a lot to be able to just read your comments in the pod squad. Last Friday, I did an episode with my mom. And actually, everybody was like in the room, my mom and my husband and my daughter and my son-in-law and my dad. And I just recorded it, you know, sitting on the couch with and here in Michigan. And it was just so lovely to hear your feedback. So many of you saying like, I just feel like we're family. And I felt like I was sitting right there with your mom. And it really is nice to have that kind of a community. And then to see people connecting under different threads inside the pod squad, like, hey, are there any, you know, pod squad people or living in, you know, this state or in this area and seeing people get together. I freaking love that. I love that. I think we should have like pod squad city names, like, I don't know, Detroit pod squad or Austin, Texas pod squad. And like, you know, there's a lot of people that can be your family outside of your bloodline. Listen, I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shalene Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shalene Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.